Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Elaine and Diane are certified coaches with personal experience raising children with challenges such as ADHD, anxiety, and more, and extensive experience in guiding parents to raise their complex kids with confidence and calm. On the podcast, Elaine and Diane interview experts, bringing you cutting-edge information about your child's challenges, teach you real-life strategies to create lasting change, and demonstrate how coaching can guide you to parent your complex kids one conversation at a time. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Welcome, everybody. This is Elaine from Impact ADHD, your online resource for parents of kids with complex issues. And I am welcoming a guest today who is a YouTube sensation. And uh, Jessica McCabe, welcome. And I'm so glad you're here with us today. I'm so excited to be talking to you. I do a lot of support um, for adults with ADHD. I, I think it's amazing that you do all this support for parents because they need it too. Well, we feel the same way. I think it's a mutual admiration society. So I'm thrilled that you're here. Um, let me tell you all about Jessica. I met her a couple of years ago at the CHAD conference. And um, she is the creator and host of a YouTube series called How to ADHD. And I send people to you, by the way, Jessica, all the time and I tell I give parents when parents have particularly older teens and young adults that are trying to begin to start managing it, it's like I always send them start with how to ADHD she does really fabulous creative entertaining videos that are short and accessible for young adults really I would say and probably all adults but particularly accessible to young adults about managing ADHD um, she did this really great TED talk called failing at normal and she's just done she's been featured on Attitude and Upworthy and Today.com. She's just doing a phenomenal job of bringing education and awareness to adults with ADHD. And I am thrilled to have her here to, to help us begin to talk to parents. And we decided to choose the topic, what I wish my mom had known about ADHD. So Jess, welcome. Thank you for that amazing introduction. That was so kind of you. Thanks. So how do you want to start? Like you started when we were talking about it earlier about, you know, this is tricky stuff, this parenting. It is. And it's really on the top of my mind right now. We just uh, had Mother's Day and it's, it just astounds me like how much of my mom's life has become about supporting her kids and was about supporting her kids. Uh, my brother and I both had ADHD. My brother was later diagnosed with ODD, PTSD, autism. It's my mom's had her hands full and it, you know, she had a full-time job. She had a marriage. She had a house to run. She had her own medical issues and she was just so dedicated. Every day she was just so dedicated to, to helping as much as she could. So I really, I really want to talk about things that I wish that I could go back and tell my mom back then, like things that I wish that she had known and also like things that I would even hope that she could hear now. Yeah. So. Well, one of the things you said before we, I know you had a few items you wanted to hit on, but one of the things you said at the very beginning was I want to validate these parents because this is hard stuff. It is hard stuff. And I know that from the outside and sometimes even from the inside, sometimes I tell my mom, well, like, why, why don't you just do this with my brother? Right. And I understand right. my brother and I understand my mom and I understand all the dynamics and I still want to give her an easy solution. And it doesn't <laughs> come from a place of like thinking she's not trying or doesn't know what she's doing. It comes from a place of genuinely wanting to help. 
mm-hmm. it can feel really invalidating to these parents when, you know, when well-meaning people are like, well, why don't you just try this diet? Why don't you just do this? Why don't you just discipline them? Why don't you? It's like, oh, thanks. I hadn't thought of that and right. like everything else. Like I haven't tried everything every day in my life and I'm not at my complete breaking point right now and like out of money, right. out of time, right? Like I get it. You've done, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have done everything you can imagine for your child. It's so true. Well, I don't understand that. Well, and what strikes me is that it's funny because people come to us for solutions, right? But truthfully, what they need is, and what you're saying is encouragement to find their, their solutions. Yeah, yeah, because I think it's so different. You can listen to, you know, you can watch my YouTube videos, you can, you can uh, listen to podcasts, you can um, attend webinars. And at the end of the day, your situation is always going to be unique. It's, you know, these conditions are are a product of genetics, environment, you know, the treatments that that these kids are on the phase that they're in in their life, it's just never going to be a one size fits all solution. And nobody, nobody can give you like the answer. It doesn't exist. If they do, they're trying to sell you something. It's true. it's really a journey, I think. And, and as soon as you get it figured out, you know, it changes, right? Like they, they, so go, they go off to college or, you know, whatever the situation is. It's just always dynamic. It's always changing. It's so complicated, especially when you have a kid with more than one diagnosis. Which most parents do, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Most parents, you know, ADHD comes with friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's not true. always the fun kind. So um, <laughs> it's really tough for these parents. It's really tough for these kids. And uh, I just... One thing I I really want to communicate to parents is that you're not in this alone, but also your kid is struggling too. And sometimes it's easy to like see the kid as the problem, like, oh, I have a challenging kid. No, you have a kid with challenges. And it's hard to remember that sometimes when, you know, they're throwing a tantrum at 14 years old in the middle of a grocery store and everybody's like, right? right? Like it's hard to remember, like they're battling this too. This is hard on them too. Yeah. So Yep. Okay. So you had said there's, there are a few sort of highlights that you wanted to hit. And I'm, I'm hearing one of them is just this issue of it's really hard for them. And so as parents get their head around that, what are some of the, the highlights you wanted to hit for them? One is support me. Don't do it for me. Um, okay. I think my parent, my, my parents, my mom was just so self-sacrificing that she would do anything for us. And she did. Um, she knew that I had a hard time uh, doing my own laundry. So she did it for me. She knew that I was bored out of my mind cleaning the bathroom. So she didn't ask me to do that very often. And mm-hmm. it was, it was nice at the time, but as I entered the real world and had to do these things for myself, I, I was really behind and I had to kind of learn all of this from scratch. So mm-hmm. That was that was really challenging. And my mom bailed me out a lot. You know, I would run out of money and she'd give me more money or, you know, I'd forget my homework and she'd bring me my homework. And it in the short run, that helped. But in the long run, I think it really hindered me a lot. Mm-hmm. And I know that was the same for my brother. Sometimes it's hard to realize that that by helping, you're actually hurting your mm-hmm. kids. And it's hard, right? Because you have to draw the line between how much do they actually need me to help so that they don't fall behind and how much, how much right. do they need to step back and let them grow. And I think that's always evolving, right? Like as, you know, as younger kids, yeah, you need a lot of, a lot of help and support. And as you get older, you kind of got to turn the reins over to your kids a little bit. Well, you know, when we, when we teach about this, we talk about this a lot, this whole sort of supporting versus enabling. I think the concept is that it's gradual, right? It's a gradual process of transferring ownership from us because we start off directing everything to our kids. And so it's not that you don't support them 
or do some of it, but that you want to be constantly encouraging them to take the reins of their lives one step further, one step further all the time. Yeah. And I get, I get why it's hard because if you have a kid where you're like, I don't trust them to yeah. <laughs> not mm-hmm. take the reins and like run off with the horse, like you, right. you <laughs> exactly. right? like they're not ready for this. Yeah. But you know, they're never going to be ready, ready. Like the world is going to happen anyway. They're going to have to learn. Right. To they're going to have to go out, out into the world and get a job and do these things. And you know, the sooner you can prepare them for that and have a safety net, while there still yeah. is a safety net, the better. Because when I went out into the world, there was no safety net for me. And I failed really hard. I hit rock bottom. I, um, I hit all the, you know, I hit all the checkboxes of like negative outcome statistics for somebody with ADHD. But right. here's the other thing. Nobody really understood how much I was struggling because right. I had, you know, I was diagnosed with ADD. I was diagnosed, you know, it's more of the inattentive presentation. Now I'm re-diagnosed as, as combination, but still, you know, girls tend to turn a lot of the pain and anger and difficulties inward. So I wasn't a behavioral problem, but, you know, and my brother was, but I was right. struggling almost as hard. And I didn't give myself credit for that because nobody was worried, right? Like the kid, you know, parent, parent, other parents were like, Oh, she's so well behaved. Teachers going like, to be okay. Like having class. She just needs to try harder, you know, and remember her homework. But meanwhile, like I went through like 15 jobs. I got fired from a volunteer position once it was that bad. Like <laughs> I, it was bad. Um, I went through a divorce. I mean, I just, I failed constantly. And I don't know if I ever finished a project. I dropped out of community college. It was just, it was really hard for me, but because on the surface level, I wasn't a problem. I didn't get, I didn't get taken seriously. My ADHD didn't get taken seriously. You know, I struggled with things. My mom did things for me, but I didn't, I didn't get a lot of support other than medication. I got a pill and it's like, cool, that helped you focus. Great. Moving on because your brother's got more challenges than you do. So, so you got the medication, but you didn't get the management to go with it. Right. I had no idea how to manage my brain. I could focus, but I had no direction. I had no idea what to use that focus for. I think of it like my medication was like giving me glasses so that I could see. Mm-hmm. But, but nobody, nobody taught you to read. How to read. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. No, so I, I totally hear struggling. that. And, you know, because my brother's challenges were more obvious than mine, he did get a lot of attention. He did get a lot of support. And there's still, at the time, there wasn't the right kind of support. There wasn't enough support. But I think it's really important. What I would want to tell my mom now, like, you have another kid with special challenges too. And I wish that she had been able to balance it a little bit better. I wish that Mm -hmm. when I was struggling with filling out college applications, she'd been able to see that and take the time to coach me through that a little bit. I had good grades and I wanted to go to a good college and it just didn't happen. I didn't get my college applications in in time. I didn't, I didn't go test, you know, I I took the prep course for the SATs, but I forgot to schedule the actual SATs. Like it just Mm -hmm. little things. I just fell through the cracks in a lot of ways. So I think it's important to remember that if, you know, even if your other kids don't have special needs, they still have needs. And I think it can be so overwhelming and so difficult for the family and so focused on the kid with the more challenges that the other kids kind of get lost in the shuffle. Yeah, no, I hear that. Well, and the other thing that's coming up for me as you're saying this is that the notion of take it seriously, like, like ADHD is really serious when it's not, when people don't learn to manage it, right? The implications can be extremely serious long term. And we oftentimes I hear parents will say, yeah, they've been diagnosed with ADHD, but, right? Mm -hmm. But he just needs to try harder, right? Right. 
So part of it is really understanding what that diagnosis means so that you can learn to manage it and help them learn to manage it themselves. Exactly. And I think part of it was the doctors didn't really take it seriously. Like my, my pediatrician was like, well, are the, is she getting okay grades? All right, then it's not a problem. It's enough, right. You know, it's, there's this misconception that it's about school performance and that yeah. then gifted students, I was a gifted student. And so I got lost in the shuffle because of that too, right? Like I wasn't mm-hmm. failing out of school, so I didn't need help when really like organizationally, I was a disaster. My executive function was terrible. I had no impulse right. control. Like it was, I was struggling in a lot of ways, but it, it wasn't fitting into the stereotypical markers. She's not causing trouble. She's not failing out of school. Like she's fine. And right. our culture too treats ADHD. I mean, sometimes like it doesn't exist and sometimes yeah. like it's a joke, right? Yeah. Like, Like, oh, it's just squirrel, right? Oh, you just get distracted. Everybody gets distracted. (laughs) Yeah, but there's a lot more to it than that. And also, are you chronically distracted every day for the last, you know, 30 years? Like, it's different. But because everybody everybody does have some of those traits, uh, you know, everybody's a little creative, a little distracted, a little, you know, impulsive or whatever, it's it's not taken seriously as a condition. And I didn't realize until I started my channel how debilitating it really was for me. For a lot of people. Uh, For you, yeah. I think that's that's how debilitating it can be. But also I didn't realize how many of my struggles were because of the ADHD and how many tools there were available to help me with those challenges. I had no idea. You know, I was at a conference a few weeks ago. We were speaking at a conference in Kansas City and Dr. Russell Barkley was speaking and he's, you know, the preeminent researcher on ADHD. And he did this sort of six hour or more talk and basically he did it as a warning and a public health crisis. And really his whole presentation was warning, this has serious long-term implications and it's a public health issue. And if we don't actively, directly, really treat this, we've got a serious problem. And yeah. So that's really what I hear you saying. It's yeah, treating. Dr. Barkley, watching, watching his stuff as I was doing my research was really eye-opening because I didn't realize until you add up all of the struggles over the years yeah. how bad it was. Because in the moment, it was like, I mean, my mom was dealing with health issues. My dad got cancer. My dad died from cancer. My, my brother was like, you know, threatening suicide. Like it was, there were some really dark times in our family. And me yeah. forgetting my keys seemed so important. seem important, right? Yeah. Exactly. And yet the implications long term are really great. And so here you are having sort of pulled it together and really figured it out, gotten the education that you really needed for yourself to be able to learn to manage it and to do such a beautiful job of, of teaching others, right? I want to stop for a minute and let people find out more about how to find you because what you do is so really cool and creative and wonderful. How do they find you? Oh, thank you so much. Um, they can go to our website. It's howtoadhd.com. We're working on building it out even more, but we have started um, forums that we, we're just about to announce uh, to the public in, in June. So I don't know when this is going up, but um, we're going to... Late June. So oh, perfect. perfect. Yeah. Yep. So one of the main reasons we're doing that is because we've found how, you know, through the channel, I thought it was all about finding the tools and the strategies, and that's a big part of it. But so much of it is finding the support from other people, finding that connection with the tribe. Because for one thing, it, it normalizes it, right? Like all the things that I yes. felt like I was weird and stupid and like, why can't I do this? Like I talked to other people with ADHD and I'm like, oh, you struggle with this too? This is normal? Oh, okay. And then I'm able to see their strengths. I'm able to see the wonderful things about them as a person. And that's helped me see the wonderful things about me as a person. Like, mm-hmm. oh, ADHD, like, yes, I, you know, I sh- maybe I show up 15 minutes late for coffee, But then I have really interesting conversations once I'm there. Like we have a great time when I show up and I'm able to see that in the people that I'm connecting with. And that's really helped me not 
focus quite so much on my impairments, quite so much on like, God, why can't I keep my car clean? And more on my strengths of like, wow, I'm a really creative person who moves a little too quickly to remember to clean out her car. But (laughs) but it's not nearly as interesting as so many of the great conversations you're getting inside that coffee shop, right? Right, right, exactly. And if I have a chance to sit down with somebody on Skype and help them for half an hour, like I'm going to do that instead of instead of throw out the recycling, like, you know, it's, it's who I am. And I've just become much more accepting of the, of that. But I think that it's really important for parents to connect with other parents that are dealing yeah. with this too, because they need that normalized as well. This, this whole like, Oh my God, like I, why can't I get my kid to do this thing? Like, am I a terrible parent? And just like people with ADHD tend to internalize the, Oh, maybe I'm just lazy. Maybe I just need to try harder. Parents tend to internalize the Maybe I am not a good parent. Maybe I, right. I I'm not doing something that I should be doing to help my kid. And neither of those is true. The, the answer to both of those is no, you're, you're dealing with a brain that doesn't always want to cooperate in a society that wasn't built for that brain. And yep. you are doing the best you can. I love that. A brain that doesn't want to cooperate in a society that wasn't built for that brain. That sort of encapsulates the whole thing, right? And mm-hmm. all we can do is the best we can with what we've got to work with. Exactly. Right? Exactly. It, but you don't have to do it alone, you know, go and talk to other parents and get and get professional support too, right? Because this is, it's such a complex issue. And it affects, it affects lives, it affects your, you, not only your kids lives, but everybody that they touch, everybody uh, in your family, it affects you. And you as the parent, I think of a special needs kid, really need some sort of interactive support, whether that's, you know, I encourage my mom to go to therapy. She's like, why do I need therapy? I was like, because your son has special needs, because Every day you talk to somebody who demands a lot of your time and energy and you need to learn how to set boundaries to keep yourself healthy. You need to learn how to interact with him in ways that are not hurtful to you, right? Because, you know, that, that impulsivity, that, um, you know, the verbal outlashes, the, um, I mean, even, even things where like, he's like, I, I lost my, you know, $500 tablet. My mom has to figure out like, where can I come up with the money to get him the supplies he needs so that he can go back to school or whatever it is. Like, it's just really hard for her. So I encourage parents to do that, you know, some sort of behavioral therapy to help you learn how to work with your kids, whether, you know, that's, again, it's a behavioral therapist, it's, you know, impact ADHD, sanity school, some, you know, some other service from a, a, a resource like impact ADHD, don't try to do it alone because it's, it's too hard. It's, it really is. Well, and, and the other thing that strikes me is that it's not as effective, right? Like right. you're not likely to do as good a job if you're out there by yourself martyring yourself as you are if you have that connection and that community and you're, you're getting reinforcement that keeps your fuel tank full, Right. Right. And so much of it too is about understanding what you're dealing with, right? Like I tried so hard in my young adult life to succeed and I felt like I was putting in more effort than everybody else. And just, I kept Mm -hmm. falling behind. I was no farther ahead in my career at 32 than I was at 22. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? And then I realized if I put as much energy into figuring out what's going on and how, how to fix this as I did into making the effort to do the things that I know I need to do in my life, maybe I'll get somewhere. And I did. Mm -hmm. I took the time to learn about and connect with other people. And I was able to realize how to work smart, not hard, essentially, right? Like I have to martyr myself every day, like, you know, putting my nose to the grindstone, trying to make my brain do what I wanted it to do. I learned tricks. I learned, oh, this is why this is happening. This is how I can address it. And suddenly life got so much easier. And yes, it was more effective. I'm more successful now trying less hard than I used to. 
Right. Because now I know what to try when I know, I just know so much more about how my brain works and how to interact with it. Well, and the other thing that strikes me, Jessica, is that you started by setting the intention to understand yourself and figure out how to manage yourself instead of trying to force yourself to keep trying to fit into somebody else's box, right? Exactly. Or somebody else's path. You, you stopped and you said, okay, I got to figure this out. And that intention to put your attention on yourself was key. Right. And when you're drowning, I, I like to think of it this way. When you're in the middle of drowning, it doesn't seem like the best time to take the time to go learn how to swim, right? You're like, <laughs> I'm just trying to stay afloat. I don't have the time or energy or money or resources to go and learn this stuff. But remember, this is like, this isn't a sprint. It's a marathon. You're going to be in that yes. water for a while. So yeah. <laughs> it is worth the time and energy and effort to just stop everything and be like, okay, if things fall apart a little bit, that's what I said. I was like, my life falls apart for a little bit for a month while I figure this out. Okay. You know, it's not like it was doing great as it was. So so I did, I took the time to stop everything and go, you know, I know I'm behind. I know I'm, I feel like I'm trying to make up for lost time as it is, but I'm going to take the time to learn about this. And it was the best decision I could have made. I love that. Well, and what I want to really acknowledge you for is recognizing that, this isn't a race. It is a mar- It's a long-term, you know, we call it taking the marathon view, but you're not making up for lost time because this is your journey, right? So here you are now, and wherever you are now as a parent or as a kid, everything that happened up until now, you have no control over, but you, you have a lot of control over how you choose to respond from here forward, right? right? That's what's in your control. That's what you can really change and impact. Yeah, and I think parents need to hear that because I think it can feel like, it's never going to change, right? It's never going right. to be better. Like I just have to do the best I can day to day and it can change. It can get better and yeah, it needs to, right? For, for the sake of these kids, for the sake of your own sanity. Yeah. So I hate to bring this to a close, but it's, it's time. So I want to give you a chance to sort of wrap it up with any kind of, any word of wisdom or thought or anything you want to share to just sort of close up this conversation before I bring it to a close? Yeah, there is one other thing that I want to say, which is there seems to be a lot of infighting in the community sometimes of like, you know, should it just be like, you know, changes at school, like schools just need to adapt, society needs to adapt, or should it be, you know, just put every kid on medication or, you know, what is the answer, right? And I think that it's a mistake to create a battle against those. I think a lot of times it's, it's, all, it's all of it kids. Mm -hmm. I think there are three things that can really help somebody with ADHD. One is, you know, things that augment their brain, you know, medication, meditation, you know, exercise, things like that, that actually help with the brain chemistry, you know. We call Um, it activating the brain, but I like augment too. Activating, yes. Activating the brain is is such a great way of putting it. Things that activate the brain. And then there are environmental changes, right? Like I was never going to be a a good fit with a desk job or (laughs) work. It was just not a good fit for me. But doing, you know, waiting tables was great. Everything was urgent, you know, instant gratification, get the tip, you go home. I'm moving the whole time. Wonderful for my brain. YouTube channel, great for my brain. Something new every week. It's challenging. It's exciting. I get to use my creativity. My impulsivity is an asset, right? So the, the right environment is so key, but I still need my medication. You know, when I sit down to write an episode, I still need that medication to help me focus. And then the other thing is, you know, the stuff that you can't uh, activate your brain, the stuff where you can't change the environment, you learn tools like to adapt to the situation. You, you learn strategies. I still need to use a calendar and a to-do list and I'm not great at that. My brain is not built for that. But I live in a society where time is a thing and people care about you showing up on time and I want to do a lot of things. So I have to learn to use those. So I, I keep trying to find programs that work for me. Um, I use 
a lot of different tools and strategies on a day-to-day basis to help my brain, you know, fit into, adapt to a society that, again, wasn't built for it. And I think all of these are important. Yeah. Uh, So I want to come back and do another interview with you on just that issue, because what I see so many parents doing is giving their kids systems that they think they should use and then or structures or strategies and then getting upset when the kids won't use them. So I'm going to table that for another conversation. If you're willing to come back, because I think that that's a whole other issue that we could. Yeah, I have so much to say on that. Absolutely. (laughs) But long story short, you need to do what works for your brain. And you can't even, as the person with ADHD, necessarily predict what that's going to be. It's got to be that's right. trial and error. You know? It's so true. That's why I, I wrote a piece once on um, managing your ADD by overpacking. <laughs> okay. Because you don't really know what you're going to want to wear. So take the stress out, bring a bunch of choices and deal with it when you get there because you're not going to know until Sunday what you're going to want to wear on Sunday. So true. That's my theory. <laughs> I love All right. It. So thank you again so much for being here. Uh, it was just wonderful, and I'm Thank looking for forward having to having me. It was really wonderful connecting with you. Our guest has been Jessica McCabe. She is the creator of How to ADHD. You can find her at howtoadhd.com, and find out more about learning how to parent, how to how to adult with ADHD, and also, of course, look for resources on how to parent kids with ADHD and how to understand the context to be able to help our kids get to a point where they can really use Jessica's resources so well, and that's at impactadhd.com. Thanks to all of you for being here. Thanks, Jessica, and we'll talk to you in the next call. Take care, everyone. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.